And hello again, everyone. Welcome back to One Patriot Place here on WBLZ Sports and the FullPressCoverage.com website. You're on the air with Stephen Murph. We have a special second podcast of the week of One Patriot Place because uh, we recorded our first podcast on Monday, actually Monday afternoon, because of uh, time conflicts with our guests. And we didn't really get a chance to talk about the football game with the Jets because at that point they hadn't played their week two game. And so (laughs) we wanted to let that play out. And we're going to talk about the upcoming Jets game on Sunday afternoon right now with just Murph and myself. And this will be short and sweet. We're going to get into it. But before we go any further, I want to welcome the big green man back on the podcast and get his opening impressions on this game on Sunday. Well, my opening impression, how how great was Hurley? Hurley was fun, man. Folks, go listen to that show. That was that was fun. Oh, my opening impressions are that this game can't get here and get the frickin' over soon enough. <laughs> are you I am really looking forward to this one, man. Like like, you know, it's it's once again old school AFC stuff, AFL stuff. I, I, I just love it, man. I love this freaking game. I love it every year. And I love, I especially love it over the past three years when it's been, you know, three contests when it's been such a beat down. But I don't think we're going to see, um, we're going to see anything like what's going to happen at one o'clock on Sunday, uh, for again, for a very, very long time. <laughs> the, the, the Pats are, are just going to go in there and, and and annihilate this team. Like I said earlier, I, I'm I'm buying uh, stock in a body bag company, and uh, I, I think it's it, I, it's going to be a beautiful beatdown. Yeah, and uh, get, getting back to your uh, initial uh, statement, there it is. It's old AFL stuff. It goes back to the first days of the AFL. It's Boston, New York. They've yep. had a rivalry since the beginning of the AFL in 1960. The games, you can throw records out, you know, when yep. these games are played. Neither team cares about the other's record. It's a it's a grudge thing. And, uh, you know, I remember um, um, I had lunch with Steve Nelson, former Patriots linebacker. He's in the team's Hall of Fame. I had lunch with him one day, and he was, he was telling me he had never even – been to Boston until he was drafted by the Patriots. And then he said the day he walked in the locker room, you know, he's welcome to the team and blah, blah, blah. And then he said, and then all of a sudden there was this aura over the room that he automatically hated the Jets. And he's like, and those guys felt the same way about us. 
Yep. And he was like, you walk in the building and you can feel it. I hated the Jets. All of a sudden, I walked in that room and I hated the Jets and they hated us. And he goes, and that's what made the game so much fun. Mm-hmm. Well, Matt Chatham's told us that, that that same story, you know, only from his point of view. Yep. Um, quite a few times, you know, that's that's the way it was. You walked into the Patriots locker room and you hated the Jets. And that was <laughs> yeah. that was you, you learned that day one. You know, and then he walked into a Jets locker <laughs> a few yeah, yeah. years later, and he learned that everybody hated the Patriots oh, yeah. much, <laughs> and he was a little conflicted there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, uh, no, yeah, uh, 117 times these two teams have, have gone at each other now. Yeah. 117. Like, exactly. Jesus Christ. They're, they're, you know, I, I mean, I don't think Alabama Auburn has played 117 times. <laughs> Maybe Harvard and Yale. Maybe yeah. Harvard and Yale. Maybe. Yeah. But, um, you know, there, there aren't many, there aren't many matchups that, that go back this far, that go back, you know, 40 years. It, it, it's insane. And twice a year. And twice a year. That's what makes and, um, it so much fun. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I remember, I think it was about, oh, I want to say eight, maybe nine years ago uh, when the Jets came in. Both teams wore their throwback uniforms. The Patriots had the red jerseys on. Yep. Yeah, and uh, it was like watching one of those old AFL games. And, you know, I, I, I was there for the game, and it was so much fun, you know, because it's just like it. I, re- I remember growing up with those games and when Joe Namath was playing, you know, mm-hmm. those games were all one-sided. The Jets like, totally dominated. And yep. And now the, with Tom Brady, the Patriots have really dominated, you know, since Brady has come on. Um, they've, they've swept the se- series, season series the last three years. And um, as you said earlier, some of the games have been real beatdowns. So uh, but really we'll, we'll have to see. But let's get into some of the matchups, and we'll we'll start with the Patriots' offense. And I want to get your feelings on, you know, how they match up in the running game and the passing game, and we'll we'll discuss it. Well, I, I believe that the um the the running game is is could if you, if you look at the names that are involved, it could be a wash. But it just seems like the the Patriots, even though um. Even though, uh, oh, why am I at a complete loss? Um, even though Bell is puts up good numbers against the Patriots, they're, they're, it's never it's never been game changing stuff. Um, he racks up yardage, but he doesn't get into the end zone. You know, Patriot way type of defense. And um, so I'm I'm giving, but on the Patriots side of the ball. We're looking again at the at the Swiss Army knife at the Hydra. Even though uh, Devlin is going to be missing this week, uh, that um, just always seems to to rip this Jets team apart. And I think that's what they're going to do this week. And they're going to they're going to use all the all their weapons uh, from the backfield, and they're going to establish the run and set up some play action. Okay, yeah, you know it's it's uh, that's good because this is where you and I differ just a little bit. Okay, uh, I, I agree with you on the Jets side of the ball. I think Bell is is a is a great uh, upgrade for them in their running game, and I, I watched him uh, week one against the Bills, and I thought he, you know, for having missed what 
you know, uh, over a year since he had played in a meaningful game. I thought he played pretty well, caught that touchdown pass. You know, I expected a lot more rust out of him. I thought the, you know, last week, you know, uh, I mean, even against the Browns, you know, there was rumors that he had a really bad shoulder and he had an MRI and then he had 31 touches in the game. He had 21 carries and 11 or 10 catches. And I was like, well, so much for limiting him, you know, uh, with the sore shoulder. But, uh, yeah, traditionally the Patriots have done really well against him. I mean, yeah, he's gotten some yardage in in both the passing and running game, but he hasn't been game-changing yardage, and I totally agree with you there. And uh, I think, you know, the way the Patriots have been playing the run up to this point this this season, I mean, averaging allowing just 37 yards a game. I know. um, that's ridiculous. And uh, absurd. you can't know. I, I believe that Bell's going to get more than 37 yards, but is it going to be enough to really take the pressure off Luke Falk in the passing game? I don't think so. No. I really don't. I, I think that they're going to do a good job of shutting down the run because they've done it all season long. And, you know, those big guys in the middle, Lawrence guy, uh, Michael Bennett, Danny Shelton, they've done a great job of stopping everything at the point of attack and letting all these linebackers that they have just clean Mm -hmm. up. And it allows guys like Jamie Collins, like we saw last week, you know, when they, when they stand up at the point of attack, he can shoot some gaps. We saw that the second play of the game. I just love that. That was a tremendous play. And that's a play that only a guy like him can do because not many guys are that athletic where they can shoot the gap and get four yards deep that fast and right uh, that quick but you know on the on the flip side you know early in the week i i was favoring the jets in this matchup against the patriots running game because um you know they, they really haven't set the tone yet this season the first two games you know uh i i wasn't overly impressed with the running game and a lot of that has to do with i mean you know three out of your top five offensive linemen aren't playing Right. And, you know, um, that makes a big difference. I mean, if they had Wynn and, and Cannon and, and David Andrews from the get-go, not that I'm not saying Ted Karras hasn't been playing well. I think he has. But when you're missing three guys like that, I think it does take something away from your running game. And the Jets were have been good against the run. I think that's their strength is they held Cleveland to, I think, 70 yards on the ground on Monday night. Yeah, that, that, that is, that's that's a good that's point. that's good. No matter who you're playing in Cleveland, uh, they have a good running game. So I thought, you know, now Cleveland's offensive line, I think, is a, is we could get into that. Maybe that they're not as great as they should be, but mm-hmm. at the same time, if if you hold somebody to seventy yards on the ground, I think you've done your job. But you know, then I've heard uh, this week. C.J. Mosley hasn't practiced all week. He didn't practice today, so he'll right. probably be out of the game. Jordan Jenkins, uh, he got hurt in the Browns game. So now that you're down another linebacker, you know, so – and Quinn Williams isn't going to play. He hasn't practiced all week either. So, you know, he was their number one pick. I think he was, what, three overall? Number three overall. Kid, yep, and a kid we really liked in the draft. We thought that was a great pickup for them. So, you know, you're missing those three guys, you know, that Sorry. that might swing the, the the tide a little bit 
in the Patriots' favor. But I'll just stick with what I wrote earlier in the week, and okay. I'm going to give I'm going to give the Jets the advantage there because until the Patriots sort out their running game, we'll have to see. But let's move on to the passing game, my man. Well, w- without a doubt, this is this is where you know the the Patriots are going to make hay this week. As I said, setting up play action and using all of these weapons. I mean, granted, we both have said before that we we think the Jets secondary is is not as bad as as people say. But after seeing them through the first two games, I think they're they're not going to know what to do as Tom starts putting people into motion and just, you know, going off with all of these different pieces that he has. Yeah. And uh, that's a great point because, you know, the one thing about the Jets secondary is um, I think they're okay, but they're not great. Right. And they they struggle against quickness and, you know, Daryl Roberts and now they had, they had benched, uh, for Maine Johnson, the guy they gave all that money to last year, they they benched him last year. They benched week. him. But he'll yeah. probably end up getting the start because Brian Poole, the guy they had picked up from, uh, what was it, the Falcons last year? Mm-hmm. Um, he got hurt in practices, so, so they have another injury. <laughs> yeah, so he's he's going to be out. So, you know, now now their secondary is, is also depleted. But I, I think when you put guys like Edelman – and Antonio Brown at mm-hmm. the at the line of scrimmage, that quickness off the line, that's just almost impossible to stop. Not to and mention it, that. Yeah, and you put you put one of those guys on the line, and it's difficult. You put both of them on the line, and it's just it's it's really difficult. That's where I think they're going to make their hay here. I mean, you know, I think. Um, you know those those quick routes right off the line, and then you know the Jets. They like to blitz a lot. You know, Greg Williams has those overload blitzes and those zone blitzes, and they do that a lot. He likes mm-hmm. to to be aggressive. But at the same time, they can bring pressure. I know our buddy Mark Schofield, who we've had on quite a few times on the podcast, he wrote a really nice column yesterday detailing how they bring pressures at times with just four when they get a little creative with it. And when you're dealing with a bunch of offensive linemen, you know, who, who are new or are still finding their feet, that could be present a problem. But then again, I think that's where you trumpet with this quickness off the line because we know Brady's really good at getting ridden ball quick. So, and then, you, of course, the running backs, you bring in Rex Burkhead and James White, and then you're, you're stressing a defense that's missing a lot of pieces. Exactly. And the pieces that, that are – trying to to fit in there might not be, you know, square, round peg, round hole. Um, There's going to be a lot of guys moved around on that side of the ball for the Jets. And I just think it's, it's going to be too much for them. They're not going to, they're not going to know what hit them. Uh, At least I, I'm hoping that because see, while, while you're worried about them being able to establish the run with this offensive line, I'm worried. I'm a little bit worried about them being able to pass protect. Yeah, and uh, granted, I mean, you know that that's a legitimate concern. I mean, especially with yeah, <laughs> that's why we pay you the big bucks, man. No, oh, I mean, man. you know, that's what Williams does. I mean, he blitzes a lot. Mm-hmm. He tries to get creative, and he moves guys around. 
And when you're dealing with, you know, offensive linemen that haven't been here very long, especially your tackles, you know, right. it, it it could present a problem. Now, you know, uh, will they help out Marshall Newhouse on the left side by keeping a tight end in the block? I think so. You know, because with, with the guys that they have at wide receiver and at running back, I don't think they have to put the tight end in, you know, no. out in the in the pattern to be successful. Now, if if Newhouse is holding up, then of course, yeah, they'll send Lacoste out or, you know, Izzo or whomever, you know. But uh, I think they'll they'll do that at least initially. But the running backs, and again, the running backs are good pass blockers. They and, are. Um, they, this is this is a group that that really takes that to heart, and um, guys like uh, like White have gotten a lot better at it over the years. And um, like I said, I, I really wish Devlin wasn't banged up. <laughs> right. Now, worst comes Which to worst, you need you need somebody back there to block. We all know Brandon Bolden can just stay back there of course (laughs) yeah now that which brings which brings me to the next point with devlin out Uh does that mean we might see damian harris on sunday thank you i I would love to see him get some work in you know in this game because we know he can run between the tackles he can catch the football you know so i i would i would love to mm -hmm. one of my keys was to to mix things up a bit uh, with the running game, because to to this point, almost you know, almost at the the breaking point of me throwing another television through a window is the fact <laughs> that that they have they've been pretty predictable in the backfield. Um, if Burkhead or White are in the backfield, it's a pretty good chance that it's going to be a pass play. And if um, you know they only have twenty carries between the two of them through two games, and when uh, Michelle is in there. It's almost always been a run play. I'd like to see them mix things up a little bit. And, man, Harris could do that, couldn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, see, what I would like to see is them mix it up now with Devlin out. So now you put Sony and Rex Burkhead in the backfield. Mm-hmm. Now now the defense has to – They okay, what are they going to do? Can they still run it with Sony without a fullback? Sure. Yeah, or, I mentioned yeah, or you, you throw it to, you know, Rex Burkhead or James White. I mean, you know, you can mix and match yep. this. And then, you know, you, you, you bring in. I tweeted that about know, an hour ago. You should yeah, follow me you, on Twitter. <laughs> I know. I, I think people should follow you on Twitter. I know I do. I know well, you do. Not not a lot of other people, but, yeah, you do. <laughs> I got who am I? I got I Well, uh, an hour ago I was uh, I was on the road, so I didn't get a chance to see what you tweeted. That's but. okay. That's okay. You know you know what I did get to see today was was your key matchups. What, what do you think the key matchups are going to be um, come Sunday at noon? Well, my three – you're talking about my three keys to the game? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, number one, I think they have to stay aggressive defensively. They have to get after Luke Falk because, again, the Jets, I mean, it's week three, and this is the third starting quarterback because of right. injury or illness. You know, Sam Darnold's out, and as we talked about on the podcast earlier this week, I'm actually bummed. I mean, I wanted yeah, to see Sam Darnold. Um, I was looking forward to the matchup because I watched him some in the preseason. And um, really wanted to see how he's grown from last yeah, year. Yeah, and uh, and would have been a it would have been a big test for him, 
Right. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see, I mean, he's, he's their long-term solution at quarterback as far as they're concerned. And, and so far he's looked good. I mean, I, I don't think he, you know, his rookie season. Yeah. All guys have hiccups yep. in their rookies. Right. But I thought he, he had a, he had a good summer and, uh, so, you know, I was interested to see how, how things were going. I'm kind of bummed. Then they brought in Trevor Simeon, and that was an ugly injury yeah. he suffered. At, at the time, I thought he snapped his ankle because of the way yep. it bent underneath him. It turns out it was ligament damage and not a break, but sometimes that's worse, and he needed surgery, and he's gone for the year. So they brought in Luke Falk, who, you know, it was funny. A couple of years ago, when he was either a sophomore or a junior in college, I really thought Luke Falk was going to be the next big, you know, kid coming out. And then his like last year or two, he got beat up so bad. <clears throat> it, it gave him a lot of bad habits. Yeah. And, um, but he's not the most mobile guy. I mean, uh, but you know, we'll have to see. I mean, it's tough for a guy. He was practice squad guy last week and he went from the practice squad to backup to the starter against the Patriots in Foxborough in about seven days. So uh, good mm-hmm. for him. But Exactly. Good for him. Let's see what he does when um, Bill starts throwing that amoeba shit at him out there. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> that's why I think my number one key, getting back to that, they have to stay aggressive, get after him, make him uh, – because, you know, I was watching the game on on Monday against the, the Browns. When he came in, initially – you know, he had it in his mind. I'm sure that's what the coach is like. Make your progressions quick. Get rid of the ball fast because the Browns are bringing heat. And I thought he was doing it too fast. Yeah. You know, he was getting rid of it before anything could develop. And then he tried to slow it down in the second half. And then he, he went too far to where it was like, okay, now he's holding the ball too long, which, is, you know, is a kiss of death for anybody because bad shit happens when you do that. Because bad shit happens when you hold the football. Yeah, boy. Ask Ryan mm-hmm. and Mel. And um, so, yeah, that's um, that's my key. I mean, and we'll have to see how he does. But I think the Patriots need to get after him. They need to bring stuff from different points of the compass. That amoeba defense we were talking about, you mm-hmm. know, it makes it harder for the uh, offensive line to make their calls. And it makes it harder for the quarterback because now he doesn't, you know, pre-snap where the rush is coming from. So, that's my number one key. What's yours? My number one key is protect the face. You know, yes, I know Scar is is Scar, but, you know, as I wrote today, you know, even the best artists and craftsmen in the world can't work without paint or clay or wood. You know, the pass line <laughs> really needs to do something this week to make sure that, that TB12 is uh, upright and clean at the end of this game. That's That's my number one key. Yeah, and, uh, you know, they need to buy him one of those Wes Walker, Darth Vader helmets because we know that, uh, <laughs> you know, Greg Williams guys, you know, you kill the head and the body will follow or whatever the heck he said there. But, yeah. Yep. I, you know, that's a good one. I mean, um, and I agree with that, which ties right into my number two key, the short, quick passing game to give your offensive linemen, you know, there you go. A, a little – a little bit of a break because I, I think that they're going to – I mean, if you're Greg Williams, you know you can't allow uh, the Patriots to start scoring where Luke Falk has to keep up score for score with right. Tom Brady. 
So Williams is going to have to be, he's going to have to gamble a lot in this game because he can't afford to sit back because if the mm. Patriots get into a rhythm, good point. Then he, he, yeah. So what do they do? He's going to have to temper his aggression. He's going to have to pick his spots, but they're going to have to be aggressive in this game. They're going to have to take some chances. So, you know, how you counter that if you're New England is that quick passing game we talked about earlier. So that's my number two key. They have to do that, especially early in the game, you know, maybe get a rhythm, get some points on the board, and then we'll see where it falls. All right. And that's a good one. My my second key in this in this game is field position. I want to watch the, the Pats pin this Jets team deep and force uh, this kid under center to march the length of the field. So, you know, sooner or later the mistakes are going to happen and this Patriots defense is going to be able to capitalize on it. I can see another um, defensive touchdown this week coming from the Patriots if if they do this. If, if they pin him deep and, and force him to march the length of the field, mistakes and turnovers are going to happen that way. You know, that's just brilliant. Brilliant stuff, Thank my you. man. Because... It ties right into my number three key, <laughs> <laughs> which is which I I took it a step further and I said they have to win the turnover battle because okay. I think if 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 they you know if they pressure Falk and and they bring the pressure and you know and the, we know how tight they can play in coverage, you know the opportunities are going to be there. So you know and again it it ties all into what we've talked about. For the Jets to have a chance in this game, I think they have to generate a turnover or two. They have to give Falk a short field. You know, he can't be asked to go 80 yards down the field all game long in Gillette against Tom Brady. So they they have to give him a break. You know, hey, put him in field goal range, uh, you know, when they get the football. One of those kind of things. And and I think if you're the Patriots, if you win the turnover battle, this game's already in the bag. I, I think they can't keep up with you offensively. And if you're winning the turnover battle, then I think this game's already half won. That's it. And that, that leads right to my freaking next key. You know, this is just, you know, brilliant. It, it, it's almost like we've done this <laughs> together before or something. And that's four <laughs> about to, six years. <laughs> yeah. Only about six years. Um, is is to force this team to to this Jets team to settle for threes. Um, do not let them get into the end zone. Do not let them keep it close. Um, that's that's when bad things happen, folks. You know, a, a strip sack or something in a close game, and this team gets up because we all know, we all know when 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 the Patriots are playing a division team, it's that division team Super Bowl. Uh, and that's why I've never bought into this um, soup can you know, garbage that everybody else is talking about. This always means something to both teams in both locker rooms. And the team in the opponent's locker room, when they come to Gillette, is usually looking at this, you know, this is our Super Bowl. A lot of these teams uh, put their entire uh, season into this game. Uh, Adam Gase is one of those guys. Uh, he, he just is. This He's been planning for this and scheming for this and, plotting for this for, for weeks and weeks to come in here and, and beat Bill and beat Tom. Uh, but one way to keep that from happening is make them settle for threes. Don't let them keep it close with it, with a, you know, a quick touchdown or even two in the first half. 
Exactly. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. Adam Gase told his players when he took over the team, I was hired to come in here and beat the Patriots. No shit. You know, (laughs) come on. What is what does that tell you? You know, you know, it's 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 you can't you can't live and survive with that mindset. I mean, you get a job or two. This is your second job, man. You 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 you've got to do better. You know, <laughs> just do better. You know, you focus on the next game. Focus on making the playoffs. Not you don't focus on. You know, I I was brought in here to beat the Patriots. I was not. I'm not here to kiss the rings. See, this is this is the mentality that that turns you into a joke, lazy-eyed psycho. No, and you know it's it's uh, it's bad because when you put that much stock, yeah, into, into one game, one game, and it's not the Super Bowl, then what you know we, what happens. And we saw it last year, and we've right. seen it before. You know, what happens if you beat the Patriots? It doesn't happen very often in the division, but it does. Mm-hmm. You know, what happens if okay. you beat them? Mm-hmm. And what do you do the next week? I mean, you just you just reached the pinnacle. You made this your Super Bowl. You just won the Super Bowl. So then what happens? Miami didn't win a game after the Miami miracle, quote unquote, last year. Right. We've seen it happen with the Jets. Every time Rex Ryan would win. They invariably lost the next week. That's it. They died the next week. And and look at, you know, recent history. Look what happened to the Jaguars last year. I was saying, you know, I, I was on one side of saying, what happens if you lose? And Steve came right out and said, what happens if they win? And and it, sure enough, man, look what happened. They won, and that team, again, did not even make the playoffs that last year. And it goes to, well, you know, the Patriots play nobody. Well, you know – it's not our fault that that they do this, that they don't make the playoffs. It's not the Patriots' fault. You know that it, when they win, they fold fold tent. When they lose, they fold tent. And it, it's in it's because of this mentality. You know, I mean, when you look past people like you know the Steelers do, and and then you don't even get to play the Patriots again. You know, they're yeah. looking well, past, they the, past the Jaguars. Yeah, in in the divisional we'll round see the of Patriots playoffs. again. See me something my chest. That means we're going to see the Patriots again. No, and, no, and, and especially, I mean, the Jaguars had already beat them in Pittsburgh earlier that year. Uh, to me, mm. that was uh, insane that they were they were already talking about New England. They hadn't played Jacksonville yet, and Jacksonville right. had already beaten them at home. They'd already beaten them. Yeah, in Pittsburgh, and I was like, yep. wow. You know, they were, they were already talking about New England like Jacksonville didn't exist, and it really came back to bite them. Really you know? did. Really, really <laughs> did. And they, they lost to a team that they were probably better than. Oh, um, absolutely. Yep, that they were better than. Because once um, they woke up in the second half, you remember, they were way, way behind. Right. And all of a sudden, it was like a one-score game <laughs> late yep. in that football game. Uh, but they, you know, because they had totally – you know, I and, and again, I, that to me is on the coaching staff. You know, oh, without I mean, a doubt. You know, you you have a much more talented team. Yeah, you, there's going to be times when teams, you know, they get up and they they play you tough, but to have your team discount them completely, mm-hmm. oh, that's in in the playoffs. That's unconscionable. That so. is. 
should have been. But back to the Jets. Let's get back to the Jets. So it's prediction time. Okay. What do you got? All right. Well, first I got two more keys, and all you folks are going to have to go over to oh. diehardbostonsportsfans.com to read those. That's a teaser. We call that a teaser in the freaking business. And that's that's me and Steve. We're in the business. Um, <laughs> so you're going to have to go over there and check those out. And Steve's got a bunch more stuff over there at patsfans.com, and you got to go check that out, including his his players to watch. Don't don't miss that one. But my prediction, my prediction is is an epic beatdown of of you know proportions that we have not seen here in quite some time. My prediction is the Patriots forty five, the Jets ten. Oh wow! Yeah, I like your I like your prediction better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> Steve's a worry wart. Well, I'm not a worry ward. I, I think they're going to win handily. But I, I, I do believe that it might be close in the first half. Mm-hmm. You know, because the issues we talked about at the offensive line, I think. Oh, know, we can't get things going until Stidham comes in. Okay, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think, uh, you know, uh, they'll eventually pull away and they'll blow them out. But uh, I, I had a little bit less than that. I had a 30 to 6. Okay, I'll take it. Holding them to those two field goals that you talked about. There you go. <laughs> That'd be nice. See, I'm I'm thinking somebody fumbles and and the page and the Jets scoop it up and go in for six that way. I don't think the the Pats are going to or up a, a garbage time touchdown. I mean, yeah, garbage know. time touchdown, something like that. But I don't know, man. This this Patriots defense is really really uh, taking it personal. And um, I don't think right now they want to give up a touchdown at all. Um, but no, that that I'm going to stick with my number. I, I I'll happily take your number, and uh, and that's it. You know, hey, two episodes in one week. How fucking good are we? That's awesome. I mean, uh, we should take be that doing Mike this debate. I'm I'm on I'm on freaking every day, Murph. What are you doing, man? I'm once a week. I'm like, well, okay, we can do it too. No, we can't. We're not doing this every fucking day, people. But I like the twice a week thing. We should do we should do this more often. What do you think? Especially, yeah, if if they're playing a team that plays on Monday night, I can definitely mm-hmm. see this happening because uh, it gives us a little more time to to check out the opposition. Yep. You know, and again, I mean, on on Monday when we recorded the first podcast. You know, the Jets hadn't even played on Monday night, so it was really tough to get a feel of what, what the Patriots were going to be looking at, especially because you never know what's going to happen injury-wise or whatever. Right. And as we saw, Trevor Simeon goes down at the end of the first quarter, mm-hmm. and Falk came in, and I thought he played pretty well. Yeah, I didn't think he, he did. was terrible. I mean, no. well, they didn't it wasn't put me up back there. Point. No. You so. know? It wasn't me back there. So we got our predictions. You folks got your keys. You got a, a few few things to go read. We gave you some homework. Let's put a bow on it, bud. That's it. And uh, so this was short and sweet, a little over 30 minutes. But, you know, this was strictly game talk, and uh, it's always fun to do that with my partner here. We want to thank everyone for listening. We want to thank our friends over at WBLZ. We want to thank our buds over at FullPressCoverage.com especially Mike, our, our good buddy there. And uh, he had you on the podcast this week. Good stuff, by the way. Yeah, thank you and, very much. Yeah. Yeah. So That was, uh, that was a lot of fun. A little, little locked on Murph there. 
That's it. Locked on Murph. <laughs> I get a good check out. Mike DeBate, who does Locked on Patriots, folks. You know him. He's He's been here a bunch of times. Uh, he's He had the professor on today, Matt Chatham. I got to go check out his show. Yeah, I have to that for listen the 2 o'clock hour. Yeah, there you go. Yep. But anyway, um, yeah, I have to go get ready because I'm covering a high school game, uh, shooting some f- photos for a high school game this afternoon because no Friday Night Lights because of Triple E around here. So, you know, we'll have to – Friday Night Lights are 3 in the afternoon. Ugh. Triple E? What the hell? Yeah, yeah that, that that's that mosquito-born illness oh, that's killing okay, everybody. Oh, okay, I got you. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they sent some stuff out about that, about Twilight. Oh, well, people have been getting infected all around, our, our, and they found mosquitoes that are carrying it in every town around us, so... Well, it's a real I got thing. something. I got something more dangerous in my backyard, so you know I'm not really worried about that. <laughs> I you saw that the bobcat, the, huh? The fucking bobcat living in my backyard, man. Just <laughs> living there. Wife came in. She come get like I'm gonna run out there and freaking you know scoot it away or something. Shut up! I'm not going anywhere. I don't want to see it. <laughs> we got coyotes in my backyard, so I well, know what see, you're talking about. Same here. We got them, and we're used to the coyotes. But I mean, when something big and fuzzy is, you know, wanders up to your <laughs> yeah. fire pit, yeah, that's that's a little, you know, that's that's a little bit different. <laughs> coyotes are scared. Coyotes, you you walk out there, and the coyotes go running. They're just there to hunt for f- stray cats and shit. Yeah. But um, out here in the boondocks, yep, I we got we got. Coyotes, we got Fisher cats, and now I got freaking bobcats back there. And uh, t- wow, I gotta I gotta move into the city. <laughs> <laughs> that is the perfect way to end this show. So, for myself, Steve Balsheri, Thomas Murphy, all of us here at One Patriot Place, we want to thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week. We'll have a recap of the Jets game. And uh, hopefully it'll be another Patriots victory. But until then, how about those Patriots?